Here we are. What's going on, team? And welcome back to the uh, Listen Whilst We Step podcast. And uh, today we're joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Barry. Now, it was a bit of a, a funny story how we uh, actually met, isn't it? Uh, in a pool in Ibiza. Yeah, yeah, pretty good, mate. Yeah. It was uh, pretty special times to to hang hang out in a great uh, hotel like that. And then, yeah, it's the best thing about travel and meeting cool people and you're one of them. Yeah, exactly. It was... Uh, uh, one of the funniest things I remember, obviously, we didn't speak a huge, huge amount, is uh, my girlfriend, Anna, she was there and uh, flip-flops, right? And you came across and, oh, you left your thongs out. My girlfriend was like, Anna was like, what the Because obviously the flip-flop on the thongs thing, <laughs> she was like, what the fuck? Um, but obviously, I, I've got quite a few mates from back home from Australia, so I was like, I know exactly what you're saying, but she was a bit taken back by it, to say the least. Yeah. Um, but dude, I really, really appreciate you coming on. Do you want to just give us a, a little bit of an introduction? Who Who, who is Barry? Yeah, no, Simon. Well, yeah, obviously Australian. Um, yeah, I started playing in the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. It was my third Commonwealth Games. I was lucky enough to play one when I was really young, when I was 23, back in Melbourne. And that was the 2006 Com Games. Uh, I missed the next two. The next two was, uh, was uh, India 210, Glasgow 214. I trialled for 14, just missed selection. And then I, I came back and played the one on the Gold Coast here in Australia in 18. So I played in three Commonwealth Games and picked up four medals, three silvers and a bronze, mate. So, um, yeah, lucky enough to pick up some medals and travel the world and, and play sport at the highest level. The sport of lawn bowls here in Australia is massive and it's quite big in England where you're from uh, and it's yeah. now pretty much played all around the world. Yeah, yeah pretty that's, cool. Yeah, that's amazing. So how, how did you get into it? Because this might just be me being super naive. Just like, obviously, I, I'm from Jersey, which is a small island off of it. It's, long bowls is like really isn't a, a big thing. So like, how, how do you end up getting into that? Well, as you know, it's pretty pretty good weather most of the year here in Australia. Unless you're down south in sort of Tasmania and parts of like Victoria and that, it gets pretty cold when we do that. Our, our bowls clubs are pretty much open all the time. They're like golf clubs, cricket clubs, soccer clubs. You know, they're just open. And bowls is one of those things now where, you know, traditionally it used to be sort of an older person's game, which it still is. It's, you know, it's just a sport for everyone. But it's pretty funky, pretty cool to get down to your local bowls club now, grab grab a beer, a wine, uh, some some nibbles, you know, some food. Grab a set of um, secondhand old set of bowls, have someone to show you the ropes, and, and you just get into it. And there's always some music playing. If you've got some sunshine on your back, it's a pretty cool afternoon just with a group of friends so um that's how most people sort of get involved now but myself i had my dad he's a bowler and he's like i broke my arm playing footy i was only quite light i was only quite light as a kid and broke a few bones playing footy and he's like why don't you come down and play a bit of bowls with me it's a good way to sort of connect stronger with my dad and have a strong relationship with him and that's the beauty of sport in that way and and sort of what you do you know, if, if you're doing an activity where you can get family and friends involved, do it together, how cool is that? So I got to hang out with my old man, play some bowls with him. I started winning a few things and then all of a sudden they're all telling me, geez, if you keep going, you could play for Australia one day. You know, you could play at Commonwealth Games or World Championship level. And uh, fast forward to now, I've, yeah, the sport's been unreal to me. Travelled around the world, sitting by the pool, meeting cool people in Ibiza. Um, but, you know, it... it it's just great that, yeah, a sport like that, once you put in the hard work, you know, a lot of training, a lot of sacrifice. Uh, I've missed so many important things in my life in terms of friends and family engagements and birthdays and that. But as an athlete, 
um, playing a sport at the highest level was something I dreamt of as a kid. The sport just happened to be lawn bowls. And, and like I said, it's pretty much played everywhere and it's, it's a cool, fun sport. And the best thing about the game is if you're not active, you're not someone that gets out and does much, something like lawn bowls, you can just go down to your local club, meet friends, get out. And, and you know, if you're not into, um, you know, fitness or if you're not into running or riding or doing something physical, bowls just gets the, you know, gets you out in the fresh air, gets the blood pumping a bit. And and uh, you can do it at your own pace with, with um, you know, at the, at the same time you just make some friends. So it ticks all the boxes. It's a really inclusive activity. Yeah, I absolutely love that. It's interesting because I, like, genuinely, if I think of, like, pretty much all of my be- best friends at the moment, best friends to date, like lifelong mates, I met through sport. And uh, I always I always think if I didn't play, I played rugby at a pretty reasonable level, played a lot of tennis, a lot of football as I was a kid. Um, if I hadn't had sport as a kid, where would have I ended up or how would my yeah. life be different? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating one. I think it's amazing how it is such a low barrier of entry for people to get into. But also... Probably think I think I might have been naive to it, but I don't think people also realize the level that you can then play at. So it's got such a low barrier of entry, but there's also a lot of room to go and compete, like like yourself. Yeah, good point. That's the thing. We've got underage competition. So you, you might play for Australia in the international competition at under 25s, under 18s. You know, um, you might play against all these countries around the world in an over 60s event. Uh, or, or a disability event, you know, it might be we've got a blind bowls team, um, we've got a dis- disability team, and that our para team, just like the Paralympics, we've got the para Commonwealth Games, and they played over there in Birmingham and did really well. And some of my mates that play bowls um, have a disability, so I get to see them um, overcome what they've been through to get out there and play a sport like bowls, and, and that's one of the best things about sport. Like you say, you've met friends and um, made good memories uh, out of playing sport. And, but, geez, when you meet someone that's been through some hardships in their life, like lost a leg or been in a car accident or was actually born with a disability and then they go out and sport a go and do all right, it's pretty, uh, it's pretty amazing just to see them get out there and give it a go. One of my good mates, he won a gold medal at the Commonwealth Games in 2018 and he was born with a, a disability. And, you know, just to see him win that gold medal and the emotion and I just know what him and his family went through it's just crazy. So, um, yeah, I've had my own ups and downs throughout my life, you know, um, yeah, losing family members, um, you know, sort of just fighting fighting the fight, as they say, uh, and trying to stay at the top and overcoming some some hardships. But, yeah, you just you, you got to just try and find that motivation within yourself and surround yourself with some cool people that have got that sort of similarity, similarities than, than, than you, you know, and then you can just go from there because, um I wasn't really big on that many years ago. I was sort of just doing my own thing. And then once I started surrounding myself with some people that were driven and wanted to sort of um, help me get to where I wanted to go, it, it just helped so much. Mm, I think it's it's so underrated. I don't know if you've read, read a book. It's like, if you haven't, I highly recommend it. It's called Atomic Habits um, by James Clear. And he talks about, um, he says, in, environment is the hidden hand that shapes like action and behavior. And it's like, it's one of the reasons that I moved to Dubai. It's just it gives me. I love Jersey. You know, I, I will always be home. But the ability to actually surround myself with a lot of like-minded people who have the same ambition and doing things that I want to do, it was very, very difficult. And it's amazing how when you do start the sh- like, sh- like what's the famous quote? 
show me the five people you spend the most time with i'll show you your future whatever it is but it's amazing yeah. how true it is i think it's amazing by getting into a sport and you don't have to be incredible at it but just doing something that you can be passionate about how all of a sudden your vibe will attract the tribe and you'll, you will make some incredible connections so you, you mentioned you've had some some highs and some lows what, what's the the highest moment you've probably had within let's say you, your your sporting career yeah, highest moment from an individual perspective, it's, you know, it's always weird talking about it because for me, you know, um, being an athlete, I, uh, I'm involved in a team, a national team, and we we split off sometimes and play in disciplines where it might be pairs and triples and fours and so on. But I guess um, anything where you're surrounded by a team and you've all been push, pushing each other to get somewhere and you've, you've got a, an overall result, so... Definitely the highs would be the Commonwealth Games. You know, I've been lucky to, to, out of the three Commonwealth Games to medal where it's not an easy thing to medal at a, at a major like that. Uh, and then um, from an individual perspective at the Birmingham Commonwealth Games, yeah, it's, uh, it's actually a pretty cool YouTube clip. I only watched it recently. I didn't know it had made YouTube, but at the Commonwealth Games this year, I was actually given the honour for the whole team of Australia across all the sports to, to hand the flag over to the Victorian Governor um, because Victoria Australia hosting the next Commonwealth Games, so I had to get up on the stage and uh, receive the flag, and then hand it over to the Victorian Governor in front of um, yeah, people say millions of people. Well, uh, I'm not sure how many people tuned in to watch the closing ceremony at Birmingham there, but um, that was for me uh, a moment where I could just hold that flag, hand it over, and just say, "Wow, that's that's for you, Mum, Dad, family, you know, my wife." Um, my club friends, my, my Australian teammates, that's that's for you guys to, to get up there and do something pretty cool for the country. So, um, and then the lows, I guess, is overcoming injuries just in training, just trying to, you know, push yourself to, to get, you know, fit and and uh, and then um, some, some personal hardships. I lost my mum when I was 20. Thought, of, you know, I'll, I'll give the sport away for a while. After that, um, I thought, no way, I'm going to, you know, use that as a motivator because I know my mum would have wanted me to go on with it. So losing her at sort of 20, 21 years of age was pretty, pretty hard. And then and then missing some selections. Um, it's never easy. <laughs> it's never easy to hear the team called out and your name's not not there. And um, straight away you feel a bit upset, but you've got to you've got to just move forward. So I, I missed selection for the Glasgow Commonwealth Games in 2014 after having a really good lead-up performances to it and I just remember seeing the coach a couple of weeks, weeks later and he, I don't think he knew how I was going to respond. And I went up to him, gave him a hug and said, it's okay, coach. I said, uh, I'll be doing all I can to make the next team. And the next team was the World Championships two years later and I made that team. And he, he, I know he was super proud of me because instead of going away and dropping my head and, and maybe being you know, disgruntled, I went over, went away and just worked harder and worked on things that I thought may have been weaknesses and, and I got back to that that team and yeah so there, there's some of the highs and lows and um as you mentioned before whether it's sport at the highest level or not or it's something you go through in life or work or whatever yeah, if you can if you can dig deep within yourself there's and, and surround yourself with some cool people yeah there's a there's always a way forward yeah 100 percent. i i absolutely love that um just go to me give me give me three words of how it felt handing that flag over because that i can imagine that's the kind of like even just as a kid watching like the Olympics, the Commonwealth Games and things like that, that's like lifelong dream ambition kind of things to be able to hang your, your country flag and that's been so much pride. So if you were to describe it in three words, how would you describe it? 
Well, the word I used was surreal because, you know, you look around the grandstand and you're going to, well, Aussie, Ozzy Osbourne was on the stage sort of five, ten minutes after me, you know, singing for Def Leppard um, and this, yeah, looking around the actual stage. So the word surreal, um, there was no doubt it was spine tingling, like, you know, I'm getting goose, little goosebumps now just talking about it. Um, and then the other one was obviously just honoured, just honoured there because I got the phone call from the CEO of Commonwealth Games Australia and he said, you know, you've been selected for, ten, for, for Australia. And I've, I've sort of said, I thought sort of everyone from each sport was getting to do a role. And, and I got, yeah, got to be able to do it on behalf of the whole team. So that was, um, that was an absolute honour. And, yeah, and I had a little moment where I, I, I read a quote sort of years back. It's not something I use a lot, but um, it was something to do with the stars. And, and I just sort of said to myself at the time, you know, when I was standing on that stage sort of holding that flag and looking around, I felt like a star. And, you know, lawn bowlers out on the bowling green uh, some days, well, day to day, there's no one around. You know, you're sort of just playing a few club mates and that. And then at the Birmingham Commonwealth Games, the way they set it up with the grandstands and the TV and that, we felt we felt like we were sports stars. And and then to go up on that stage I actually felt like I was a star within my sport. And, and that was the moment I sort of said, well, I'm, well, I'm a star and I'm with you up at the stars, mum. Because um, you know, I really, I really felt that was my moment. I could really connect with my mum to say, you know, that's for you. Yeah, is, is she a lot of your motivation of why you push yourself and why why you're trying to kind of push the limits and see what you can achieve? Then, well, that's that's right. You know, when when she passed, I gave the game away for a while, and then uh, I just thought, no, once again, I'll get back into it, use it as a motivator, and um, I, I I don't say I always use hardships, but I do seem to look at people that have got it a lot worse than me and and if they're close to me and know that they're going through some tough times, uh, I sort of feels like then it's on me to try and inspire them or to, to show them that I'm trying to get something done and to do something great for them, especially if they're a supporter and, and in my network. My, my brother went, went through a hard time. He had a massive car accident and almost lost his life when he was 18, 19 and he was left for dead. Um, and then the car driver did a runner and left him there to die and he, he survived and he's my biggest supporter along with my wife and, and my close friends and family. So every time I go out and bowl, so I always got that little group of people in my, you know, in my hand with me uh, that I go out and play for and, and know that, you know, I'm in training and in competition, I'm, I'm doing it for them. Yeah, 100%. That's uh, so, so powerful. I think it's amazing when pe- people look at kind of sport at a high level and they think... Um, even if you're in an individual sport or even a team sport, I think I don't think I think people take for granted how much of a team effort is for the individual who's competing behind the scenes with family, with friends, with loved ones. Um, how have they helped you to get to where you have been? Yeah, I, well, I've, Australia's a big country, as you know, and I, uh, <laughs> I I used to live in Victoria all my life up until three years ago. Victoria's population I think is about five or six million, and it's probably Oh, Queensland is probably about 10 times as big as Victoria in terms of the size of the state. But the section of the, uh, the section of Gold Coast, Brisbane area, it's just beautiful all year round. You know, the Gold Coast is nice weather and we get to play all year round in some of the best clubs and facilities. So, um, so for, the, you know, for the people that have been able to support me from my first few clubs, you know, the, the members that are you know, out there supporting you, um, then you've got the financial support from from my clubs, from sponsors, 
and then um, you know your your family's always there to support you as well, and and never taking that for granted, I guess. Um, and I have been lucky enough to to travel the world and, and be away and, and all that. And the, probably one of the beauties one of the beauties of um, your, your your close friends and family is when you say to them when you are away competing and you're going to miss a certain uh, function or engagement or something that's important to them, and they say, "Baz, it's okay, mate." You go out there and you know win for Australia, or you go and we, we, we got your back. And you know you're, you're talking, <laughs> they might you might be missing their wedding or something, you know. But because they're your friends, they they turn around turn around and say, "Barry, no, it's okay. We know what you do, and we're behind you all the way." And that's for me that hits home hard because here I am shattered. I can't be there for them, and they're flipping it around and saying, "No, it's okay. We 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 got your back." So, and that's where. I, I can go out and then compete with a clear conscience and know that, you know, I'm, I'm, I can do it for them. And I missed a couple of weddings at the World Championships. It was actually the World Championships for two weeks, about five or six years ago. And on the two Saturdays, I played for medals and I had my, my, my little bowls cloth that I clean my bowls with in, uh, embroidered with their names on it because they were the two weddings oh, I missed. Cool. And just to say, listen, you know, I'm thinking of them when I went out and competed and, yeah, so it's carrying the, the the love and support with you when you're you're on the road and and you know I look at you you know what you're doing and to to move into another country and and set up permanently you know I know that comes with a lot of sacrifice and and that's what I've had to do it's my wife moving up here I know it's only a two hour flight to Victoria but it's a twenty hour drive and we we can't see family and friends very often so I'm up, up here giving it a go and trying to have a have, put myself and ourselves in the best position to uh, do well in our career. Yeah, 100%. I love that. I think it's, um, you know, you've got the right people around you when they want the best for you, no matter what. Like, I think it's so rare that you will genuinely find people who actually want you to succeed. So many people will say, oh, yeah, I want you to do well. But how many people genuinely want you to do well? How many people will like take a hit themselves potentially to help you do well and not because they're trying to make themselves look good because they genuinely quite give a fuck about you and where you're going and they understand at a deep level so um you mentioned kind of obviously being in the grand scan grandstand and things like that um okay uh, this might be again me being naive but i, I don't think lawn ball lawn balls have had a massive massive amount of publicity like how does it feel like potentially seeing the sport evolve from maybe not being quite so public to it now getting some traction and becoming more popular and things like that. Yeah. And that's what the sports really worked hard on the last sort of 20 years. So, so this is like one of our Aussie shirts we wore while we were, you know, we're competing or, you know, we're just uh, out there and and to think a lawn bowler is wearing a shirt like that when they're competing 20 years ago was not quite happening. And the sport took a big change. You know, all the colored outfits came in. Our equipment's all coloured now, so the bowls we roll down the greens are all um, blue, red, yellow. Um, you know, you get speckles and stuff like that. And um, we've got programs now to um, create a more inclusive environment. So in Australia, I can can only speak of you know my own backyard here. We've got school competitions, school holiday competitions. We've got rookie rollers, so we've got modified rubber equipment. So, you know, school groups can come down, play for a few hours down the local bowls club, and experience the sport with modified equipment and then you've got scholarship programs you name it so then uh, at a bowls club on the weekend like i said or even during the week you go down 
Um, like my club in particular, Burley Heads, we got a DJ playing pretty much every weekend. Um, we'll have a cocktail bar, live music. Everyone's just vibing out on the green, enjoying a really good afternoon of just, you know, chilling and having a bowl. And, and that's where the colour, you know, and all the flair and everything sort of transitions into the actual formal side of the game. And and then from there, we hope to get that publicity we're after and get it out there in the mainstream. So uh, we have here in Australia, we've got the Vols Premier League that's played on Fox Sports, like the biggest, you know, Fox Sports is the biggest when it comes to showcasing bowls uh, and sport along with like ESPN and uh, you guys, you got Sky Sports and all that. So yeah. get, bowls, get bowls on those networks and those streams and seeing that there are plenty of youth, plenty of colour and that, it's a sport for everyone. There's literally no one out there can't play the game. So you can just get out there and give it a go. Yeah, I honestly love that. It's, it's like, it's making it cool and sexy. It's, it's yeah. what it is. I think so So many people have got this like predisposition or assumption that it's it's my nan who goes and plays bowls because <laughs> she's, just, she's just me, you know, a thingy. But uh, I can imagine that being unreal. I'm booking my flights to come, come yeah. you've got DJ on, you've got cocktails there. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> right opposite the beach too, mate. My bowls club is oh. 100 metres from the beach. Yeah. Now now we're talking. You're selling me here. I'll be booking my flights. I'm, 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 I'm nearly halfway there. Um, in Dubai. I was about to say, isn't Dubai just to stop off on the way to the Gold Coast, mate? Yeah, exactly. I've actually got, fa- I've got family in Gold Coast anyway. So I've been saying for too long that I need to make a trip. So it's definitely on the cards. It's on the cards. Um, you touched on that you'd had a, a load of injuries and things like that. I think this is a, a really big point. I, I'd be really interested to get your kind of takeaway of like, what are some of the injuries you've been had? And then I, I personally know how hard it is as an athlete, as a sportsman to bounce back from those injuries. What were the injuries and how, you, how did you bounce back from them? Yeah, so... Um... I've always tried to keep myself fit and consider myself as an athlete. So I always feel if I'm healthy body, I'm healthy mind. And then, and then, you know, from there I can get out there and get the performance I'm after. But uh, the, the toll, you know, the load, the ongoing lunging. So uh, a a major competition, you could be lunging two or 300 times a day. So that's something that, uh, you know, I know if you do a single leg lunge in the gym, if you do that over four or five hours and do three or four hundred of them, you're gonna you're gonna feel it. And we have to do that when we release the bowl. That's right. So we do that releasing the bowl, and then um, you do that sometimes day after day for five six days in a row. Um, and you might play three or four games a day, resulting in those three or four hundred lunges. So that comes with, um, you know, just you got muscles like your adductor muscles, your hip flexors. Um, your glutes, they're all getting strained. And unfortunately, over the years, I've had patella tendonitis. I've had just bursitis in my heel because my leg, when I release the bowl and push off forward, I've got bursitis in my heel. So I've had injections, you know, therapy work, uh, lower back. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, the L1, S5 uh, over the years, that sort of area on the left side leaning. So just trying to do the strength work continually to in, you know, engage those muscles and strengthen those areas um, to combat and then very lucky to have some sports science people working with me over the years, the Australian Institute of Sport, that they even say we wouldn't wish it upon our fittest athletes to go out there and lunge so many times a day because it's not a, a really natural movement and it's a bit of a foreign movement. So, yeah, some of those injuries, uh, nothing too costly in terms of having to take too much time off, but it's like anything. If you're over-wearing something, um, there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be some uh, symptoms there and, and uh, some of those injuries 
probably have been more mentally challenging than literally physically because you know you want to go out and push hard in training you know you want to go out and compete in your best and you know in the back of your mind I think this injury might affect that yeah 100% I can re- really really relate to that there so 12 years of rugby I picked up my fair few sh- fair, fair share I'm, I'm sure I, I'm, yeah mate I'm my chop my shoulders are made of chocolate now I like genuinely yeah. I wish I I wish I, I used to play loads of tennis as a kid and I wish I could like I can hit a forehand backhand now but anything over my head I'm like <laughs> my arms yeah, just don't go up there anymore front. yeah or dislocating no fun um yeah i think i think the the thing probably there is everything you do is like i can imagine it it, it's like how can you replicate the perfect technique every single time so it's just like repetitive strain isn't it um so obviously you said you said that it's like challenging mentally i completely understand that how what pep talk do you give yourself give yourself what support do you lean on when you're maybe having hard times mentally coming back from injuries or things like that how do you find that kind of motivation, that inspiration, that kind of grit to fight to get back and push yourself or challenge yourself in different ways whilst you are taking some downtime? Yeah, great question. Because the mind, it just sometimes it, it goes off on its own little tangent and you might be mid-competition or leading into a big comp and it's it's making sure you can, you know, get it back to where it needs to be and fully focused. So uh, for me, I, you know, I'm writing to my music I have to be playing my music, you know, in the car game or the game or pre-game. Po- uh, pre-game, I like to be on my own. You know, I need to be checking in with myself 10 minutes before a game. You get to a club, there's a lot of people around. How are you going? Or even, you know, leaving the village, Birmingham, you know, talking to other athletes, getting your coffee and all that. And then it's going to be a time where you're on the bus. You know, you've got to make sure that, you know, you're mentally switched on and and when you're men- mentally switched on, people will say, oh, you know, how you combat distractions? Well, they just combat themselves. And uh, there's different techniques I work on with my concentration level. So trying to read a book in a noisy environment. So like maybe turn the stereo up or the TV up loud and read that book just to combat the mind being in one place and not wandering off to the music and just listen, reading that book. So just little challenges of concentration. And I, I coach that a lot too because concentration, I feel, is probably one of the biggest hindrance when it comes to an athlete in a hand-eye coordination and, and, and probably a, what you'd call bowls is a, is a touch sport. You know, it's feel, um, like you snook, like snookers and darts and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, when when you're having a mental mentally challenging moment, um, finding the, the most recent positive thing to happen either in your day or your week. So there's always going to be um, some negatives that creep in. And unfortunately, as humans, I feel we, we hang on to the negatives more than we hang on to the positives. And if you've had a positive experience, grab the hell out of it and take it with you because it might have even unfortunately been a week or two or three weeks ago. But if it's been so positive in your life, something pretty cool to happen, grab it. And then if you can go there pre-game, um, get into that positive mindset again, I think uh, it's a good one. And uh, golfers use it. They might play a bad shot and they'll go back to their last really good shot. Like they might have smoked a drive or chip really close or something and they'll go, wait a minute, I've just played a really bad shot. I can't think about how bad it is. I need to go back to my last good shot to grab all the positive out of that for my next shot. And I learned that a little while ago and used that for bowls. So, yeah, there's, there's enough positive stuff happening. I, I find myself a pretty positive guy and try not to let the negatives get me down. And, and if it's something about a bad result in the game or an injury or something, yeah, just try and grab some positives and, and run with them. Yeah, I think that's like 
incredible advice and you're so right as human beings you you could get given a hundred compliments you get one something something bad you will only remember the bad you won't remember the hundred compliments that you've got and so just i think constantly every day like me, me and my girlfriend do it it didn't like I, what what happened today it went well what are you grateful for today just something positive like the law of attraction it's like the more like if you wanted to go and buy a fucking lamborghini I guarantee you start seeing Lamborghinis everywhere, depending on where you live. Here, I here, here, we see a lot of Lamborghinis. Um, but yeah, you do. The, the more you can see positive and absolutely everything you do, the more one positive things that will happen. It just makes life fucking more enjoyable as well. Um, I think it's really interesting what you said about the, the focus as well. I listened to a podcast not that long ago, and it was actually uh, Stephen Barlett, diary of a CEO, and he had a guy on about focus. He was saying the average adult um, in the 20th century cannot keep focus on one task for more than two minutes i was like that's mental yeah mental. Uh, and i believe that i believe that you know and yeah. you know with, with my sport like you know if you lose use birmingham as example we got grandstands tv you know you got games going on near us and uh our score somebody said to me what our score was in our game after our game and i said i can't remember it being at school because you know in a perfect world what how our sport works 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 and bowls is your performance results in a score, but after the score's gone on the board, you can't change that. So you just got to focus on your performance. And yeah, for, for me, when I'm coaching others in bowls, I say to them, you've got to literally find more than two minutes. <laughs> you know, yeah. I like I said, I don't I don't disagree with that because I totally understand that I'll see them wander off and okay, hey, if you want to compete at the highest level and play at your best level you've got to literally just switch on and everything will block out naturally yeah yeah i absolutely love that gold um what would you say the biggest lesson either bowls or just sport as a general has taught you i find um just that some of the little things in life if you can work harder on them and and uh and sort of put more time and energy to help them complement what you're doing. That one of them would be time management. So if someone said to me, you know, what's been one of the yeah, what's what's one of the hardest to juggle? Um, when, because um, you know you've got your personal life. So if you've got a wife and kids, or husband and kids, you got full time work. Uh, you might be doing some schooling or education on the side. You might have a side hustle. You might have you know some kind of other ventures going on, and you've still got to be a full time athlete. Um, so time management and then when you're applying your time to that certain subject whether it be competition training whatever it's actually putting that 100% into it not the 50 to 60% uh, so it's not my greatest skill set but it's something I'm always conscious of and trying to find ways you know the big whiteboard calendar filling all in the spot spaces yeah, yeah. right notes down um, just making sure that your time management is right and then when when I connect with someone such as this uh, meeting with you or tomorrow I go and see, uh, see someone about a coaching job or something, it's full investment, 100%. So time management, and uh, that would probably be the, the hardest, probably the hardest one. Um, and then uh, for me, it would be somehow getting enough time and, and quality time with those people that are supporting you. Uh, as much as you're off training and competing and they are supporting you, but make sure that you, you're getting the time to connect. And then, you know, how, how 
how's their day going? How's their week going? What's going on in their life? And then you get a sense of belonging and feel with them. And then that just, I think, inspires you again. Because um, yeah. I, uh, I, I get on the fa- FaceTime with my brother and he's, like I said, he's two hours away on a plane, 20 hours in a car. But And after a 15, 20-minute FaceTime with him, I just feel a million dollars after chatting with my brother. And, and we just you know, tell each other we love each other and we, um, we got each other's back and just it's a great feeling. So getting the quality time with the people that, you know, are the poor people in your life. Yeah, 100%. I think, I think that kind of comes back to focus a little bit as well. It's actually been able to be present because a lot of people will be like, oh, I spend a lot of time with family, friends, loved ones, whatever. I'm like, but how much time do you actually spend with them? Not where your head's somewhere else, where you're actually, you know, there's one thing I, I will give you um, credit for. And obviously, I, we only met very briefly, but even just in that pool in Ibiza, I was like, you were probably one of the most present people. Like, you were starting chatting to everyone, having conversations, bouncing all over the place. You were fully <laughs> present, fully present. Um, I can, re- I really resonate so close to what you're saying about time management. I'd be really interested on a scale of one to 10, one being low, 10 being high, how would you rate your time management? Five, four, what five. Would, what, what would make it a ten? What would make it a ten? I only had, eight. If I only had one priority in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the point. That's 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 no, that's that's a whole different conversation for another day. But um, it, it's really interesting that the exact two things you said there was something we massively preach inside the like our coaching program. I say there's two common traits that would generally sabotage your success in any area of your life, whether that be your physique, your performance, your personal life, your professional life, it's being messy. So not having good time management, letting time control you rather than you controlling time and being passive, letting shit happen to you, not you doing stuff. Um, So if you can take control of your time and be proactive and actually take action on your time, then guess what? You like, I have my mom to thank for this is I have always genuinely, you can do whatever the fuck you want to, as long as you're willing to do the work and you surround yourself with the white people. and uh, it's something that's I've been very very lucky for that that's literally been ingrained with me ever since uh, I was a very very young kid and it's been uh, amazing to connect with you dude it really really has uh, one question I would love to ask people okay if you could go to dinner with three people dead or alive who would it be uh well I'm I'm a huge Snoop Dogg fan my man (laughs) um you know Snoop's just got the goods uh you know um I love a good laugh, so it'd have to be, it have to be down the Adam Sandler, Jim Carrey, uh, Ben Stiller sort of path. So you got Snoop, you got someone laughing, and then and then a lot. Um, you know, I love, love my music. I think even though Snoop's a music artist, I just want to just hang with him. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, jokes. Probably, oh, I'd probably love to. Yeah, it'd probably be you know a real sort of famous singer, someone like a you know. Alicia Keys, um, something like that, you know, unbelievable artist, quality, quality um, musician. So, yeah, that'd be something like that. Um, yeah, you know, no real sports people in there, but they're the, they're the people that I know that if they were around me or we were chilling, we'd be having a laugh and a good time. Having a laugh and be some very, I think it'd be some very interesting conversations around that table, yeah. to say the least. Um, dude, what, what's one piece of advice you'd give anyone looking to pay, potentially give bowls a try, try and get into something? I think I'll probably just go back to what I said before. If there's some time in your life where uh, you feel as though maybe you're not getting the most out of your day, your week, your month, um, and you feel it, or you haven't bowls the word, you know, bowls or I don't know, 10-pin bowling, golf, whatever it may be, hasn't sort of entered your mind. Well, for bowls, it 
it is a physical activity, not too demanding, you know. And if you have got any um, sort of body ailments in terms of sore back or whatever, there's ways around that with bowls. Um, but there's indoor facilities, outdoor facilities, it's pretty much played all, all year round. I think the best thing about bowls is the socialisation. So the moment you walk in the door and say, how are you going? Look, I've never thought I'd take up bowls, but I just want to get out of the house. I just want to have a hobby. I just want to you know, meet some people. All those boxes are ticked straight away. And you could be of any age, gender, ability, and you'll find like a second home within a bowls club. And when we were going through COVID here in Australia, and I, I uh, remained working inside the club, we were renovating a club and bowlers uh, within their restrictions and what they could and couldn't do. If we weren't bowling at the time, they would lean over the fence and long to, you know, long to bowl because they would just look and go, wait a minute, this is my club. You know, my friends, you know, I'm not catching up with my friends. I'm not playing the sport I love. I'm not doing the social things I love to do. I'm missing out. And they would lean over the fence and you could see them just missing it. And bowls, uh, lawn bowls, even though I do play at the highest level, I'm so involved at grassroots level and I just love hearing or seeing from someone that said, Baz, I'm taking it up or I've just taken it up and I absolutely love it. And um, and they might only do it a couple of hours a week or a couple of hours a month, but when they do do it, um, they love it. Yeah, I absolutely love that, mate. And uh, honestly, thank you so much for coming on. This has been absolutely incredible. Do you just want to let everybody know um, where they could find you, drop your follow, reach out to you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess it's all about the gram, blessed one two two. So B L E S T one two two. I'm on the gram, obviously with you, and uh, that's how we stay connected. I've got my own website, and it's just a. I do a little bit of um, updates with different different news. So it's just barrylester.com.au and 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 Twitter and Facebook sort of thing. So yeah, I'm on the socials. Um, you know, my message is to promote the game, get the game out there, and and I'm lucky. Like I said, I get to compete and travel and. And that's what brought us together and uh, it's been a you know, pleasure meeting you and thanks for giving me the opportunity to come on to the podcast. Yeah, likewise, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. Guys, I'll make sure that um, the links to both Buzz's Instagram and his website are in the show notes below. So make sure you give him a follow, leave him some love. And uh, yeah, honestly, dude, thank you so much. Everyone listening, if you could give this a share to your socials, give us a tag. Um, we'd really, really appreciate it. And we will see you in the next episode.